0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and I don't think I'm ever going to have a different tone of voice on the intro. It's just, it's so comfortable to do that, and I really don't know any other way to introduce the show. So if anybody has any suggestions, let me know. But uh, you're always going to get the, hello, maybe it kind of sounds like that old movie phone dude, you know, when you called the telephone number for movie showtimes. I don't know if anybody else did that, but I always thought that was a pretty cool piece of technology. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, Subscribe via iTunes, 100 Words Podcast, search it, subscribe. And also I've noticed a few people have left reviews on there, uh, speaking more specifically about this show, rather than the First World Problem stuff. And please do that we i appreciate it i mean it was very nice people saying oh yeah i really like first world problems but this show is cool too and i like these things and uh yeah we really appreciate that the more reviews you give us the more exposure that we get on itunes and then uh hopefully you know someone really cool and important watches it and then are, or listens to it and then i'll be able to interview insane crazy people that are famous more famous than the people i bring on Not to say that that's important or anything, but in any event, that would be cool. Um, Follow us on Twitter at 100WordsPodcast. And I always say us, but just follow the show. I mean, there's collectively no one else that's doing this besides myself. But yeah, follow the show. That's probably a better way to put it. And you can also email the show, 100WordsPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, by the time that this episode airs, the beautiful Warped Tour will be going on. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot recently because uh, my day job—we do a lot of work with Warp Tour and in preparation for Warp Tour—and so that's kind of been my life over the past few years. And actually, even before that, when I was working at Century Media Records, you know, we had some stuff going on a Warp Tour as well. But it's just become such a part of you know, I guess obviously the music industry in general and just kids' lives as a whole. I feel like you're, the moment you turn, you know, 12 or 13, you have to go to some warp Tour. Um, but I'm just, I'm so curious as far as like how, I guess, relevant it is to kids these days. Um, you know, do they feel like because they're only able to go to one summer festival a year um, or maybe just a limited amount of shows in general, do they kind of still feel like they get the most bang for their buck or is it just simply an excuse for them to be unsupervised for, you know, four or five hours, however long that they're allowed to be there? Because I totally see young couples that are just like making out in the back and clearly aren't watching any of the bands. But like I said, it's just the fact that they can be in some place unsupervised. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a random train of thought. But, uh, yeah, warp Tour. Because I remember my first experiences. I think my first warp Tour was nineteen 1990- ninety. Five, i want to say i remember it was the year that uh, the deftones um i want to say quicksand but that might have been a little bit earlier um and it was uh i i enjoyed it but it wasn't like this overwhelmingly like oh my god like epiphany experience maybe partially just because i'd been to other shows prior to that um my parents were cool enough to you know drive me to strife shows and uh I saw Rage Against the Machine and whatever, just a bad religion, I remember as well. Um, My parents were nice enough to drive me to these places with my friends. Um, So because I had experienced that, maybe, you know, this huge venue and outdoor festival wasn't as exhilarating. But I just remember sitting in the bleachers, kind of like in between the two stages and just kind of looking back and forth between both main stages Uh, this is when they obviously didn't have nine million stages like they do now but um yeah let me know your thoughts on warp tour you know do you still go do you still care do you pay attention to the lineup when it gets released and um you know kind of where it sits in the uh the cultural landscape as it were so this week's guest is buddy nielsen the vocalist from the band senses fail um Many of you may have heard of the band because they have been at it for quite some time. They've toured with pretty much every band you can possibly imagine, um, and they're still kicking. Uh, They're actually going on Warp Tour, like we were just talking about. They're going on Warp Tour this year, and they're re releasing, well, not re releasing, they're releasing like a greatest hits uh, record on Vagrant slash Workhorse. Um, And Buddy has always been, from my outside perspective, because this is actually the first time I've ever had a chance to have a conversation with him, um, you know, he always shoots it straight. Uh, The band has always been kind of, um, you know, outspoken, especially from Buddy, the the vocalist perspective. Um, And while musically, I may have never really followed the band and been like insanely supportive of that. Um, I've always been, you know, really respectful for what they've done um, just because it kind of hit right as all the sort of quote unquote screamo stuff was happening. Um, but it seemed like they were, you know, coming from a genuine place like they obviously like wanted to play this music as opposed to wanted to cash in on whatever scene was happening. Um, and so I really enjoyed this conversation and Buddy definitely uh laid out a few things that uh, he really hadn't revealed before or had the opportunity to reveal in regards to the way they dealt with record labels and kind of you know the navigations that it takes sometimes as a band to uh you know make compromises and or not make compromises but um yeah i think it's a very compelling conversation and we did it over the phone one afternoon My first, well, I have two first experience stories with Census Fail, as it were. Uh, one is, I, I used to work at an independent record store, and uh, it was right around the time that, you know, you guys got picked up by Drive Through, and basically, shit started getting real with Census sense, yeah. Fail, with Senses Fail. And I just remember, it was always really interesting, because I could tell, just from like, you know, a clerk buying standpoint, when it's like, oh, this band is going to be pretty successful. where you, i just couldn't keep you guys' ep in stock and i just felt uh and it was funny because it's like it, it came out of nowhere from my perspective where it was just like because you know you guys hadn't at that time hadn't been out to the west coast as of yet and you know things just really started to hit and i was just like who the fuck is this band that's selling like a shitload of eps
1: yeah <laughs> no, that's just how it happened that's just they don't I mean, it was, it was just like that it just kind of happened i don't i really don't know how it happened just <laughs> yeah got lucky
0: no totally and, that, and that's why i found like it was really interesting to see especially from like the ground up like just these bands like another random band that obviously was successful on a different level was a band like Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, where it's like all of a sudden people started to buy that record, and it was just like, and this was before the internet was really as pervasive as it was, so it was just really confusing, because you're like, why are these kids (laughs) in Southern California buying, you know, either your band or Seven Angels, Seven Plagues CDs? It's like, you guys haven't been out here. It just didn't, it wasn't adding up in my head, but it was just kind of funny to kind of witness all that happen at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was... That when people would go to the record store and buy records in order to discover music, right? You know what I mean. Where now you don't, now you don't spend the money unless you want it. You don't do it to discover something. So right, right. There was a lot more people being like, "Well, I hear, I keep hearing about this. I heard it. You know, I'm going to buy it and check it out. I want to see what it's all about." Yeah. Now, you know, you don't really, don't really do that.
0: No, no. It's 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 much easier to obviously access music, so you have the ability to. Sample as you please.
1: But for- I mean, you can listen to you you can listen to the whole record and never have to buy it. Like hey, I mean, that, that's why that's you know it's just it's almost like uh, it's just a totally different approach to um, to how people are getting music and, and what it, you know what it is.
0: Yeah, because I think you guys you guys were at the sort of you were at the infancy of when music was obviously a little more spread online as opposed to you know maybe like two or three years before where it was like. You know, you still uh, you, you still relied on, like you said, record stores, where it was like that was kind of you know your entry point, where it's like, oh yeah, I'll buy this because the record store clerk says it's really good, or whatever, or my friend told me that it's good.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think people still do that. Sure. <clears throat> I think I think people definitely go off the word of their friends. I mean, more so than ever. I mean, that's what every record label wants to figure out and has been trying to figure out is what spawns word of mouth. Like, and there there's. There's nothing that does it. It just it just happens. It just happens. you just happened to be that band at that that time, or you're not. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You 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 can try to spend a lot of money to create that, but uh, that's not always the case.
1: <laughs> I mean, it never really is. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. <clears throat> it happens so infrequently. Right. You know? Or you have a record label that sort of is the word of mouth for the time, and. That is how it works, you know. Right. The, that all the bands you sign get talked about in the music scene, and right. that's that's one way to do it. But that only lasts for so long. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know. And then you can only ride that for yeah, like a certain <clears throat> amount of time until you, all of a sudden you have a record that you know you put out and totally sucks and betrays the quote unquote trust of the people.
1: Yeah, or or people just move on, or that age that 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 you know like that age. That 15-year-old becomes a 20-year-old and and doesn't want to listen to that kind of music anymore. And then you're in a position where, as a label, like, you know, do you change or do you keep trying to be that label that puts out X style of music and hope that it swings back around as a trend? You know, I don't, you know. Yeah.
0: No, and that's... I also, like, my second experience with you guys as well was the fact that because, I mean, my Sorry. it's okay. <laughs> my experience with bands that, are, you know, they come from the hardcore scene. And that's, that's where, you know, I've known a lot of things to come from. And so because when Senses Fail hit, it didn't immediately uh, feel like you guys were coming from that background, but then, um, becoming friends with a few people that, you know, worked at vagrant records over the years. Um, and then hearing just, you know, through word of mouth that you yourself, what, you know, that's kind of how you cut your teeth on getting into music. Um, you know, it, it altered my perspective where I was just like, Oh, like, you know, clearly it wasn't, you know, you starting a band, because this was obviously the flavor of whatever moment you were trying to exist in. It was the fact that it's like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, you came from that scene, but you were combining various different influences to create something that, you know, for all intent and purposes, what you were trying to do was, you know, newish in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it was based off like, all right, well, let's mix, you know, the hardcore, we were listening to with the punk music that everybody, because that was the thing. Is I, you know, I, the Thursday and like Seisha and Orchid and the the assistant and all that shit was like very very new and um, sort of groundbreaking at the time, you know. And that was kind of like, oh, okay, so you can play like because hardcore New Jersey at that point was like really. I don't know, it wasn't really that much fun to be into. You know, it was like a different. Now I look back on it and I think it was, you know, okay, like floor punch and um sure. You know, some of that stuff it was it wasn't it was very like it was very like you go to school, you get beat up by jocks, so you don't want to drink, so you, then you go to the hardcore scene and beat other people. So it was very much like I don't it wasn't that like it wasn't like it is now where like hardcore is accessible and you go to a hardcore show and it's not like i'm not saying it was dangerous it just wasn't like it just was annoying you know (laughs) (laughs) sure sure it got it got to be it got to to the point where it was kind of like annoying you know Mm -hmm. being trying to go to hardcore shows and people were just really pretentious and it was very like i don't know it just kind of felt like
0: you you definitely had to uh fit into a certain archetype like if especially if you were going to you know more than just like you know one show a month like you kind of had to you know you had to be vetted Where it's like the people that would be at every show would look at you know people such as yourself or myself going to shows for the first time and be like yo who the fuck's that dude
1: yeah yeah i mean but so i never like i was into like bane and american nightmare which was like At that time, very new for hardcore, because it was like, these are very emotional lyrics. They're not about, you know, fucking shit up or my friends or hanging out with my friends. Because that was all during, like, the Youth Crew revival. Like, the first Youth Crew revival was, like, you know, all those bands in the late 90s. Like, Mouthpiece and, and In My Eyes and... You know, I liked a lot of those bands, like Count Me Out and, you know, just sort of the turn of the century stuff that I think. But like when I first started going to shows, the hardcore scene was I thought it was kind of hard to get into. Sure. Um, But so I got more into like the offshoots of hardcore, like. You know, going to see Thursday, you know, in Legion Halls and Saves the Day. And, you know, one of the first times I saw Saves the Day was when they played with Bane, because the first tour they did was with Bane. Right. You know, and there were just a lot of cool bands in New Jersey doing something different. Like, Turning Point went from being, you know, a youth crew hardcore band to being this sort of, like, avant-garde. Like, whoa, I didn't know that you could, you know, I didn't know that you could... Be hardcore and do a bunch of other cool things.
0: Right. Or or have slap bass in your
1: band. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like American Nightmare was out at then and that was really like if there was any band that kind of out of nowhere you're just like, Whoa, this band is this band is cool and new and important, it was like
0: There's something special about that. There this.
1: was something special about, you know, the band and about the lyrical content which wasn't featured in a lot of the other you know, hardcore that people were really champing, champion, you know, like behind at that point. But, yeah. uh, Yeah. so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I always liked hardcore. I just, I think I got more into it the older I got and the more I went back because when I was really, you know, 14 and 15, I, I just, it was kind of, um, um, a little, Scary to get into because you kind of felt like I thought that the whole point of being in the punk scene was to just be a part of, you know, stuff that was against the mainstream. And then you found out kind of there is this subculture in this subculture that is even more sort of exclusive than the people that you're dealing with. In high school
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's it's like a different version Where it's like if you're not accepted in high school You can obviously create your own culture Alongside of it
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah I mean I uh, You know so like I grew up listening to Epitaph records and Fat mm-hmm. records and finding out a lot about Hardcore from that And then you know really Going to local shows and then finding out About like the Screamo Stuff and that what was going on with Like you know like I said, we like we were even talking about Seven Angels, Seven Plagues and um Sure and uh Stacia and Orchid and The Assistant and, and that and that sort of like new genre that came out of hardcore that was an offshoot of like Ashes. Do you remember the band Ashes? Of
0: course, yeah, yeah. That, Brian
1: McTernan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Brian McTernan was you know what I mean? So there's just like this really cool like northeast scene of all this stuff, which I was like, okay, I really like hardcore and I really like this, but, you know, I still like Mill and Colin. <laughs> yeah. You know. Sure. And I want to make a band. And that was sort of what we came up with, you know. <laughs> with yeah. Like, You're like,
0: I, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't want to just, you know, focus on one musical styling, so to speak, when you can kind of, you know, combine these different influences to potentially create what and it
1: was just it was just weird because we did that in an isolated thing yet all over the country people were doing it as well which was really like you know i didn't know about thrice until we had really started as a band so it was was very strange to find it like to find out about these bands while your band is starting to come together and be like whoa there's other people that are like really because you know thursday wasn't catchy like it's not like no pop poppy where census fail is like catchy and thrice was catchy and like finch and sure. Some of these other like bands of that nature were catchy and poppy. And it was so strange to think that a lot of the same people, like it was like a style of music that other people, we hadn't really talked to each other and been like, Hey, we want to sound like thrice or we, we want to sound like, we want it to sound like grade mixed with saves the day mixed with Thursday. You know, right. That's kind of what we were trying to do. And like, it, and it, there were a lot of other people trying to do that. But none of us really were in contact with each other, which was the really strange thing, you know,
0: right? you were just kind of you were witness witnessing, witnessing this stuff pop up all around you. And you're just like, Oh, I guess all of us had kind of the same idea in different factions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, I think we really did cause it was like, I remember like when we first did our EP, I heard about this band called boys night out. And I'm like, this is like pretty much exactly what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I was like, that's so, but it's not weird because they were being influenced by grade and, yep. you know, and it makes total sense that this small Northeast music scene Expanded a little bit more with the internet, and people stopped stopped making music just necessarily based on their immediate like local influences and being more influenced by what was out there. I don't. It was just. I mean, it was just. I always thought that that it was funny because people would be like, "Senses Fell sounds exactly like Thursday," and it's like, or exactly like this band. And it was like I didn't even know what that band was, right. you know, and, until we really like started getting out there and playing and. You know, really trying to do it, you know, sure, and lo- it's... on a local level. And I was like, oh, okay, I know about all these bands, but then it was just like really weird when people were comparing the music that you initially put out to other people's music that you'd never even heard of.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's, and that's, yeah, definitely a lot of people, uh, a lot of people can look at Senses Fail at the v- inception, at the very beginning, and be just be like, you know, who, who are these kids? Where do they come from? Like, they've got no context. You know, they're not—they're not credible or whatever. Just because you know, it's like, oh, they put out drive-through. It's like, what does that have to do with independent music? And there's so many negative things that people could have put on that, but you guys clearly weren't coming from that spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, and like, I didn't—we didn't even know enough to like try to like clear the air on that. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys you know, were like, uh,
1: whatever. Yeah, I was just like, hey, I—I I, I play in people's fucking basements and I, I play at Legion halls. Like, I don't know what else you want. What what do you want? What else? More punk? Like, what else am I supposed to do? Like, I'm not a cross punk. That shit's stupid. Where? Where's
0: the the checklist? Where do I? Yeah, like, what do I need to
1: do? Like, I'm not a cross punk because all the cross punks I know are rich. Right. So, um, yeah. No, I definitely am not taking my parents' money and trying to live on the street. Like, I live at their house, and you know, I, I don't know. It's just like the. Yeah, there was a lot of backlash. I mean, because people I think felt like we were were coming off the heels of a lot of stuff, which was really by accident. It just kind of all happened all at once. Like, you know, right when we had our EP come out, like Taken Back Sunday was coming out and Brand New was coming out. And it was just sort of, we came on the heels of that and wrote a lot of success of those bands. But, you know, initially when we first started, it was. You know those bands were very tiny, and it wasn't like we were sitting here mimicking them or even I barely even knew about them. I think I remember one time we went and saw Taking Back Sunday; they played in Teaneck, New Jersey, and then like two months later they were huge. <laughs> it was it was yeah.
0: really it, it was it, like was, a- it, it wasn't like because I, I, I hitting on that same point because I think a lot of people, um, you know, you can tell the bands that start that have influences that you know, of bands that literally started maybe a year and a half ago, where it's just like, yeah, it wasn't like you guys heard From Autumn to Ashes and you're like, yo, like that, that's exactly what we want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, I heard Through Being Cool and I was listening, I got introduced to Jets to Brazil, Through Being Cool, and I think like the first Thursday record all at the same time. And I had only been, I had really only been listening to like, uh, you know, Millin and Collin and 10 Foot pole and Bad Religion and sure and um, all
0: the, all the fat records and Epitaph yeah. stuff yeah and i
1: heard like orchid i went and saw the assistant and then i got the you know through being cool came out i got that um and i kind of heard the first thursday thing it was like whoa like this is really cool like a different approach to punk music you know it doesn't all have to be like skate punk yeah. You know,
0: right. Um and were were you always uh like were you born and raised in the sort of northern New Jersey area? Yeah. Yeah. Where where in particular?
1: This place is called Ridgewood. Okay. It's in, uh, it's in Bergen County.
0: Okay. What what uh like how big was the city? Um Or is it I very think it was like thirty
1: thousand people? It's very suburbish. There's about thirty thousand people.
0: Got it. And once very
1: sorry, what are you saying?
0: No, it's okay, go ahead.
1: I just it's a very, you know, kind of like snotty upper middle class yet dotted with middle class families so it's a kind of a weird you get a, like a, a i don't want to say a strange dynamic but you get half the you know half the people in in your high school class are l- completely loaded mm-hmm. and and the other half are completely just no you know nor, like normal like you know Normal, like, yeah,
0: pay, paycheck to paycheck, where it's like not not like paycheck to paycheck poor, but like
1: no, no, we're doing all right. Yeah, we're there doing all right, and 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 you know everything's okay, and it's a nice town to live in. But you had it was very like really really rich, and then people, you know, living normal lives just like the rest of of middle class America. So sure. It, what was your
0: uh what was your sort of gateway like you know who who introduced you to independent music and obviously all the you know sort of epitaph fat records stuff that we were talking about or was there something a little bit earlier
1: i mean i guess i guess i got into metal yeah you know, like everybody did i mean i got into you know i will you know i when I first started listening to music I started listening to music in ninety four mm-hmm. so You know, I heard Rancid and Green Day and and The Offspring. So I was immediately like, Oh, I like this style. This is this is the kind of music I like. I like you know, I like you know out of all of them, you know, I liked Rancid the best. So I don't I mean I kind of followed Rancid and started, you know, well, you know, what you used to do is you open up the back of the CD and you look at the bands they thank and then you look up then you look up the bands that they thanked and you're like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna check out, you know Sure. Get check- Kennedy's, or I'm going to check out, you know, or this band and that band. And I then I just started buying, um, you know, I don't know. I, I got weird. I took a right turn. I got into, like, hip-hop. But that was cool because hip-hop in that time frame was, like, Amazing, the best that oh, yeah. would you know. I remember 36 James, like Wu Tang. I got way into Wu Tang and you know, and all that stuff, and then took another turn back into. I think once, like, <clears throat> when I really got into music, it was listening to Metallica, mm-hmm. and then really, I just bought like an epitaph. I bought a, a, an epitaph comp, I bought Punk Arama One great, and, great and,
0: compilation.
1: Yeah, I bought Punkorama one, and then just started buying Victory Records comps and Vega Records comps, and and I bought all these comps, and then I would buy local comps, and you know, that's just how I found out about that's how I found out about all this stuff is I just would go to the comp section, buy a bunch of comps, find bands I liked, then go back to the store and buy their records. Yeah. I, I, nobody really got me into it because there weren't. I mean, there was one kid in my high school, and he we would trade records. Uh, He would always wear an Earth Crisis shirt or a Good Clean Fun shirt. (laughs) Amazing. And um, there was, that was him. That, that, That was like it. And then one other kid that really liked MXPX, but he didn't really like anything else other than MXPX. So, you know, I didn't really have a lot of people. I was pretty much the only person in my high school involved in that, involved in any kind of independent music whatsoever. There were there was one, you know, one other person, you know?
0: Sure. Like, yeah. You didn't, you, are, do you have any brothers and sisters?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do, but they were all younger than me. So it was yeah, it wasn't... They were,
0: you didn't have that luxury of being like, Hey, older brother, here's a black flag record.
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, no, I didn't, I didn't at all, you know? So I really had to stumble upon it myself. And really, I think what did it was, I didn't even know there was like a, I didn't know there was a local music scene until I was playing in a punk band and started to be like, Okay, well, where can we play? And then I found out that there's this whole network of people playing at Legion halls in every town and basements, and there's all these bands. And, and that was probably when I was about 15 is when I really you know, learned there is this whole subgenre of music where people that, – that exists outside of MTV, that exists outside of, of the radio – and there's a lot of people that are into it.
0: Sure, sure. And do, I presume, since this fail wasn't your uh, your first musical endeavor, please tell me that you had an amazing band name for your first band.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a ska band.
0: Oh, I love it. What was the name it was, of it?
1: It was called Jose and the Border Hoppers. <laughs> If
0: there's one thing like <clears throat> that I find so common amongst everybody that has played in bands, you're, if your first band name is good, you're fucked. Like you can't, you, you won't ever yeah, do anything yeah. else. You have to have that sort of like, yeah. Like my first band name was Doom Society. Like I mean, you gotta have that. Like you have yeah. to have that. <laughs> and what did you what did you do in that band?
1: Um, I I uh, play guitar.
0: Okay, I thought you were gonna say I was the dancer, and I was gonna be even more stupid.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> no. So uh, we had like a fake ska band, and then I would just get together with people, and we'd play covers of shitty bands. And so that, and I, I, that, I, you know, and then I found some other people in other parts of New Jersey interested in playing the type of music I wanted to play, and that's kind of how I, you know, moved on and moved forward. Sure, sure.
0: Um. And then the kind of along the same lines is obviously the initial perception of what people uh, had from Senses fail in general was the fact that, yeah, musically, um, you know, like we were already discussing, so people might have questioned you as inauthentic or whatever. Um, and then also, like obviously, the name of the band in and of itself, because it was so
1: yeah, it was so close to *Sensefield*, right? yeah. <laughs> so close to *Sensefield*. I mean, I like *Sensefield*, but the the simple fact is that. They the names aren't similar whatsoever in meaning. They're only similar in, in 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 in, in lettering, really. Right. It, it, like it's not like, you know. So everybody got real pissed about that. They're like Sensfield, you know. They ripped off Sensfield, you know. I was like, hey, I like Sensfield. Sensfield's awesome, and I know Sensfield existed. I, senses, senses fail is is completely different than the idea of Sense Field. Sense Field doesn't make any sense. Like, it actually doesn't it doesn't, you know, I don't know what that means. Senses Fail, you know, I had a legit reason why we named it that and there was like a story behind it and and right. I don't know, I just never felt anyone would give a shit. You know, I also never thought we were going to get big or anything, so like I don't know, I didn't really, like, man I really wonder if people are going to give a shit if we name our band Senses Fail. <laughs> Right. Well, Sensefield is, you know, luckily Sensefield broke broke up like a year after. <laughs> they broke up, you know. I, I don't. It would probably be a little bit more confusing if they had s- stayed a band and
0: right. kept
1: doing stuff. Obviously that would not have been good, but Yeah.
0: No, it's funny cuz you you mentioned that. <laughs> honestly, you mentioned that. I I never I never even would have thought like to compare those two, but it's so you actually had people that were like, "Hey dude, you're an idiot. Someone band was already named Sense's, you know, Sensefield
1: yeah no they were you we know, don't we used to get abused a lot on the local message boards, and mm-hmm. you know shit like that just like you know this band sucks, you know they didn't put their dues in because that was the thing is like I don't know, like that was at a time when I don't know, a lot of bands blew up out of nowhere sure and then and then everybody in the local scene got pissed because they're like you know. What, what the fuck, how is this happening right now? I mean, we've been playing at Legion Halls for the last, you know, four or five years, and no one's paid attention, and now all these new bands come along, and they all get attention, and they all get signed, and they're all gone. It was very odd time. Shit just turned around real quick. You know, yeah. all these labels popped up that were interested in in, in being a part of this music scene, and pick these bands up and so on and so forth. You know, I don't think, you know... And, but that was the thing is, back then, there's no argument about people being punk or not punk now. Like, that, there's no... that. I don't even think that that becomes a question, really. I mean, no. you know... I don't think people sit around and postulate on how punk someone is. It's not even a question. People don't even know, like...
0: That that's an argument.
1: That, yeah, that that's an <laughs> argument to be had. Or, like, are these guys DIY? Are they, you know, are they they put in their dues like nobody is interested in that but you know at that point in time like we'd only been we had only been playing shows for 6 months when we got signed so that was like a very big slap in the face of like fuck these dudes you know who do they think they are going getting signed and going on tour
0: right yeah and i, I find that i mean obviously you i know you've you've cited in many interviews that you know it's it's silly that you know that thought process, and it always strikes me where it's like I, I try to flip the perspective, where it's like, all right, so this band became successful, you know, quote unquote, relatively overnight. Um, but if you were in that same position with your band and these same opportunities were afforded to you, there's no reason that you probably would say no be- <sighs> based on based on the context that you're put in. It's like you would probably have reacted the same way, just because this opportunity is being afforded to you, whereas, you know, two months ago it
1: wasn't. I mean, I've always stood, I've always known in my heart that I am DIY and I'm more punk than almost any of the people that think are punk. Because I've been put in situations literally where people have literally asked us, Given us opportunities to do things that would go against things that I stand for Mm -hmm. on levels with lots of money involved and lots of opportunity. And we've literally said, I'm not doing it because I don't want to play that game and I don't believe in the ethics of that. So it's like I don't really talk about it too much because I don't really give a shit. Sure. But you know, now that we're on the subject, it's like I would be willing to argue with most people out there that think like you know that a band like Jawbreaker, you know, who is considered one of the most punk bands of all time. Sure, you know, they're so punk, they're so punk they don't even play anymore. Right. You know, <laughs> right? It's just like Sensus Fail has never been on a major label by decision. Mm-hmm. If you round up all the bands from our genre and from our time, we might be the only band that always stayed independent, and that wasn't by accident. That was specifically for the reason that we believed in independent music and not and people regardless of if you like our music or not you know we never had anybody ever tell us what kind of music to make ever you know whether you know in in any way shape or form in fact you know we've took a really big risk when we were upstream to geffen we were only on geffen for six months and they wanted us to re-record our entire record because they thought there wasn't a radio hit and we said, "Fuck you." We we leaked it on the internet, so you can put it out. We're not doing shit, you which, know. And
0: which which record was this?
1: Let it unfold, you.
0: Interesting. I had no. I mean, I knew you were upstream and everything like that. I didn't know that there was. Yeah, that. I mean, I
1: don't. I don't mean. I don't really make a whole point to talk about it because yeah. it just. It's just. I don't know. It's just not something that usually ever comes up. But yeah, I mean, you know, we were faced with a really difficult decision. Like, do you? Go like our manager at the time was the manager who manages Deftones, System of a Down. You know, we bought in. We got upstream to Geffen, not by our choice, because of the deal they had with Drive Through. Because mm-hmm. we sold so many of the EP, they said, "Well, we need to take this band because we're because taking can, the band."
0: Yeah, you can't you can't handle this on an independent level. These guys are breaking through. <laughs> yes.
1: So we were like, okay, well, we need to get management that reflects this situation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did our homework and we thought like, okay, well, this guy manages the Deftones, you know, this, this guy, I love the Deftones. I think the Deftones are, are, they embody what I think you can be as a successful artist that sticks to what they are, spits in the face of sort of what is current, yet also is able to flow with it. Sure. So I was like, you know, this is cool. You know, this guy manages Poison the Well. He was working with Poison the Well too, mm. uh, and Deftones. And we were like, okay, well, this guy knows what he's doing. You know, he has a relationship with Geffen. Let's get him in here. You know, and I look back on us, and I, I, I just, it's like, I manage bands now. And if the band came to me and wanted to do this, I, I would have a hard time telling them that this is a good idea to do. But we were like. They came to management. And we're like, "There's just no, there's just no single on here. We just don't hear it. We just don't. What all we want, what we want the band to do is to go back in and record a couple more songs." And management came to us and said, "You know, hey guys, we're just in a tough position here. You know, we can send you in with anybody you want. We can spend, mil- you know, as much money as you want. Whoever you want to work with. And we just got to write some more songs. We got to give them something that you know they want." And we were, we said no. Said no, fuck you. <laughs> like no, we're not doing that. We're we're not going. The record's done. It's been done for eight months. We want to put it out. You you know we have a fan base. They want to hear this record. No, and Geffen was like, well, you have to. You know right. you have you we, we, you have no option. We're not putting it out as is. So we can either shelve your record, or you can just go write some songs. Like, why not just write some more songs? You're a band, you write songs, you know? And the whole point was, we're not writing music for the radio. We don't want to be on a major label. We didn't do this to be a part of this. We don't want to give in. So we fired our manager because he didn't agree with us. You know, he thought we were being stupid and Mm -hmm. the owner of the label at the time, you know, brought me out to California to try to explained to me what he was doing and he sat me down in his big major label office with puddle of mud pl- plaques on the wall and limp biscuit and oh, this guy i, I mean this I, this guy was i, I totally guy,
0: th- i totally thought not to interrupt you or your train of thought but i totally thought that puddle of mud was gonna be sitting in the same room with you trying to convince you to t- <laughs> i was like holy shit that no even- but
1: this guy this guy you know the owner of the label at the time um he basically was responsible for Limp Biscuit. single-handedly signed them to his smaller label and then he eventually ended up running Geffen Records but so you know he was responsible for a lot of the garbage that was going on in that in those days what popular rock music was and this guy I mean to me this guy was the enemy so he since you know he brings me out there he sits me down and he opens his mouth and he calls me bubby he's like you know bubby so he didn't even know my name oh my know?
0: god you're like great. this is a perfect way to start thanks
1: yeah, and I was just like, dude, this is ridiculous, and he was showing me pictures of his wife, and he's like, man, you know, she's so fucking hot, like, don't you want a hot wife, and, you know, don't you want, don't you want to you know, own the world, and I'm like, you know, my my thing is I was also nervous that we were going to be in a position, like a lot of other bands, where we end up on a major label, we play the game, and we lose, and we end up Screwed, which is what happened to a lot of bands, you know. Regardless of the ethics of of that, I mean, that was a major part. I wanted to say fuck you to them because I felt like they didn't care about the band, and you know, I didn't want to play the game and I didn't want to make music for those reasons. Because at that point in time, you know, I'm 22 years old, and what means something to me is 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 you know trying to make music the way I want to make music, and that was it. Sure i did not care about money i don't need money i don't I live on the road, so it was a very very genuine emotion, which i don 't know if I'd feel that way now. you know I might feel different, but then it was a different time too, because being on a major label carried a lot of baggage, there was a lot of weight, there was still sort of this backlash. the bands being on a major label and it almost still kind of felt there was some meaning to not being on a major label, and that it was kind of. It felt good. It felt good to not try to cash in. Sure, sure. I, I liked being a band that never cashed in and took the risk because I felt we played it right and we stuck to our guns and we stuck to what we had to do and we never had to do anything that we didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so this guy tried to talk me into it and you know he's calling me Bubby and calling me the wrong names. And, you know, we just... Our booking agent was very good friends with the guy at Vagrant and Vagrant had a deal with Interscope... Which Interscope basically owned Geffen, so we kind of finagled a way where we said to them, "Look, this label that's under the same tree of 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 business wants the band. The band wants to go there. Just let them go there. You know, just just just. It's going to be a pain in the ass to work with this band. They're making shit difficult already. Just send them over to the you know the minor leagues. Send them over to Vagrant, right? Sure. Like, just send it down there. So we got sent down there, and that's you know where we've been ever since.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's cool that you were able <laughs> – there was a amicable solution to where, like you said, you weren't going to be stuck in this – the position where you're just like, yo, we're fucked.
1: Well, I mean everybody every, – every single band other than Rise Against that came out on Geffen in that time frame is gone mm-hmm. and was destroyed by that label, and uh, they didn't make it out. They didn't make it out and they're not bands anymore. You know, all of our peers that were in that situation got eaten up and spit out and I didn't want to be a part of that and we didn't have to sacrifice. And I just thought it was a smarter business decision to to not shoot for the stars, but to stay middle of the road and try to do what we want to do. And like. I don't know, just. Be okay with being mediocre, if that makes any sense, as opposed to like,
0: yeah, hey. you were you were you were looking you were looking at the long game, where it's just like you know you, there might not be a chance for you to make as much just from like a monetary standpoint for two years, but it's like hey, if we we're able to stretch this out over you know a ten to fifteen year period, it's like that's more gratifying overall because you wouldn't have to you know bend over backwards to make someone else happy because you weren't playing by their rules.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean. No, that that that's what the decision was made, and we put our, you know, we took a big risk not cashing in because you know who knows we could have signed a Geffen and we could have been the biggest band in the fucking world, right? You know, we, we could have been, we could be Rise Against this sure, but we're not, you know. And I, I don't, you know, and I don't regret the decision at all. I just think it's funny to sometimes go back and think like, oh man, I wonder if we did play the game, if we did sacrifice, you know, the ethics of why we were making music. Where would we be? Would be would would we have been fucked or would we have been successful? I, and I have no idea.
0: Yeah, no, you, no one has any idea. I mean, those are always the sort of what if questions. But, you know, what, what you live with is obviously what you've created and been like, hey, well, this is, I mean, Senses Fail, by all, you know, rhyme or reason, like, you know, shouldn't be a band anymore because this, you know, you guys have ebbed and flowed through obviously all the various changes with this music being hot, this music being not, and you yeah. guys have been able to transition yourselves into different, um, you know, areas of what define a band of your nature to be successful. And that's that's the one thing I've always found interesting too, because. Um, You know, not only do like, you know, mutual friends of ours obviously speak highly of you. um, And so I've always felt this, you know, weird kinship with you where it's just been like, oh, yeah, like Buddy seems to be navigating this in a, you know, in the best way imaginable for whatever he's presented at the time. And it's, you guys just should have been broken up years ago, basically. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, you know, we've been smart enough to make the right decisions where other bands aren't, you know, other bands you only you know you make one wrong decision that's your band, you know. That that that's just how it is. That's just and if you you have to make the right decisions, which means you have to pay attention and but I think more so bands stop being current. Like I saw an interview with one of the guys from the used and he was like, yeah, we're thinking about taking this band Dance Gavin Dance out. I heard they're really blowing up. I want to be like, dude, like 4 years ago or what you know where where have you been right like, where, you, like,
0: you read an online article from 2 years ago
1: yeah like that's the problem a lot of these bands get out their this music's stupid this new music's dumb you know people don't do it the way they used to do it and they don't pay attention so they can't actively navigate what's going on and they can't stay current mm-hmm. you know and i think that that's a big problem with a lot of these bands is where you see like these band's fans grow older, and they don't keep younger fans because they don't aren't current because they're not you know associating with what's going on in music it's yeah. like this, they were associating associating with it now they want nothing to do with it
0: right yeah they they lived in it for a while, but then, for whatever time they spent away from it, they literally spent away from it, and like they didn't pay attention to anything and that actually that hits on a good point I was going to bring up a little bit later where. I always found it really, um, you know, admirable and interesting, especially what you guys have been doing over the past two or three years in regards to where you have been able to call a lot of the shots of what you guys have done as far as bringing bands on tour. I mean, you actively pay attention to what's happening with music, and not only just from, like, a business standpoint, but just as a sheer fan where you're just like, hey, there's this band called Title Fight. They're incredible. We're going to take them on tour. And, like, giving these opportunities to bands that, would never play in front of the crowds that you guys bring. And, you know, you you really, I mean, it's, anybody that's paid attention to you guys' is like touring over the past few years really has to notice that. And I, I presume that's intensely deliberate on your guys' part.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, what, you know, but that's the thing is, who are we going to bring out? What are we going to go, you know, do? what are we going to try to stick to? you know, touring with the used or what are we going to do? You know, what, we, sure. what do we do? Like it's, 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 uh it's, it's, you want to, I like these bands and I think they're cool and I, and I want people to hear them. And it's also works in the way that like, like I said, you, you get new people to check out census fail, you know, it's like you can, I want census fail to be a part of what, of the same music scene that we were a part of 10 years ago. Mm. It just changes You know, there's always bands doing it, It just the bands change, and you have to, you either pay attention because you like to pay attention, or you don't. Right. You know, it's not like, it's not like a business thing, it's not like, I gotta pay attention to these bands, it's because, as you're, most people in bands don't pay attention to that shit. You know, most people in bands are are not concerned with new music, they're not hitting new shit up, they're not... You know,
0: they they have they have invested in it. Sure, or they have you know they employ people around them, such as like you know their management needs to keep on top of it, or their booking agent needs to keep on top of it, and they don't need to do it themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's true, and I've found that, you know, those are the kind of the la- those are the last people to know. Right. They, they, <laughs> yeah. They're the last. They're the last ones to figure it out. You sure. Know?
0: Um, and kind of you know running alongside of all this stuff, um, you know, when you first started to you know sink your teeth into you know, everything with the band, like, you know, how did your, how did your relationship with your parents, you know, change or like, how how was your relationship to begin with? And then obviously once you started tr- to transition into the touring lifestyle and like, did they understand it or were they like, buddy, you're making a gigantic mistake? Like, how did that all transpire?
1: No, I mean, they, they supported it 100%. Like yeah. I never had any, you know, anything from, you know, they supported it 100%. Not I never yes. had to do that. Yeah.
0: Did, what, what do uh, what do they do as their professions?
1: Uh, my stepdad's a lawyer. My mom was an actress.
0: Oh, interesting. So like so, there there was some inter- entertainment background to where your mom yes. would have a perspective on where you what you're going. Oh to yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, she moved to New York when she was 18 to be on Broadway. So you know what I mean. She definitely understood and was all for it. So I never had to deal with that. It wasn't it wasn't you know, it, 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 and and same thing with you know. Uh, call the other people's parents, you know, since we were so young at the time, mm. we had to pull we had to pull two kids out of high school to start touring so. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not easy <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I don't know if it if it paid off or I mean, it paid off for me because I want to work in music, and now I work in music. <laughs> you know, so right. You've, but some of the other members of the band, I don't know if they would say it paid off for them. I would say they enjoyed the experience, but ultimately, is their time in the band going to um, benefit what they're doing after the band? Like, I don't. I mean, it directly benefits me. I mean, I I wouldn't know. Oh, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without have been being in a band for 10 years right
0: and the the sense that i get as well is that you've obviously always been sort of the core of the business interest of the band like that's you know you guys you you've always been the dude that's been the most vocal when it comes to that am i right
1: yes yeah i've always kind of been the point guy the you know the one who answers the questions the one who answers the emails the one who logistically sets things up and over the years i became i became more and more and more and more of that you know right
0: you, you were you were the guy at the very beginning who was uh settling up for the 50 dollars at the vfw hall you were getting paid
1: yeah, yeah i don't even remember
0: <laughs> it's just it's so funny because I, I find this common thread of like by default it seems like the vocalist is expected to take that role whereas you know Like a majority of the time it is, but then there's some times where it's like other bands where it's like, oh yeah, the bass player is, or, you know, the guitarist is, it's, 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 it's really, it's really interesting, um, you know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of, you know, since our drummer was 15 and our um, original guitar player, you know, had his issues. And then our other guitar player was 17. I just kind of figured, all right, well, I'm kind of the oldest.
0: (laughs) You're like, I guess I got to be the dad
1: in some way. Or just, you know, I don't know, I just knew, I, I don't know, I always, I knew that someone was going to have to do it, and I'd rather be the one getting it done than waiting on other people to get it done. Sure, sure.
0: Did you, um, did you go to, uh, I mean, you finished high school, I presume, right? Yeah. And did you, uh, did you do any college, or that was obvious? No, no, I never made
1: it. Never what, made it. What do you,
0: what do you think you would have, uh, like, studied and sort of pursued if the band wasn't as much of a focal point during that time?
1: I don't know. I, I, I probably would have been miserable. I probably would have dropped out.
0: Right. <laughs> you would have done. You would have done six months and been like, "Yo, this sucks."
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what I what I would have what I would have done. It's, sure. It's, it's it's you know it's um. That's the. I mean, I have no idea. That's, yeah,
0: I mean, that's not the way. That's not the way they're So you can't even theorize on it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm glad that it went this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what I do. You know, I, I have no idea what I do. Sure. I, I, I enjoy doing what I do now, which is still based in music. So. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, and kind of hitting on that, like you know, now you're pursuing. Um, I mean, obviously, senses fail still exists. You guys still, you know, tour, put out records, but you know, you do it on a more. Um, calculated uh, sporadic basis where you're not out for 330 days out of the year. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, so, but now, now you're transitioning into more the management side of things and then, you know, potentially, you know, working with labels in the future in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, so obviously all this experience with the band has completely informed all the decisions that you're making from, um, you know, a, a professional perspective, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I like, uh, you know, I've been through so much more shit than almost anybody who's been on the label side of things, you know? (laughs) Or management side of things. Like, I've been, we've been through everything from, you know, people suing us to, you know, being contract disputes, I mean, just anything that you can possibly have happen to a band We've pretty much had it happen, so I think that that's left me in a really good place to l- objectively look at other people's business and other people de- other decisions that people make, and throw in my two cents and have it be pretty accurate and educated. Sure, and I'm sure,
0: <clears throat> I'm sure there's also a. Uh... Mm a semblance of trust as well with, uh, you know, the bands that you work with, because obviously you've, you've been there. You're not just, you haven't been sitting in an office for, you know, 15 years and you have no idea what it's like to be on the road.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, you know, the band's going to complain to me about something and it's like, dude, I don't know how many times, you know, I've been there. It's, 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 I don't know if to tell you, quit being a pussy. Right. Like, <laughs> you're like, like literally, like literally stop because I know you're being a pussy and, and don't try to, you know, make up, don't try to tell me something different because I know what's going on out there. You know, you know what I
0: mean? But, yeah. You're like, I've experienced this. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or I can relate in a way like, Hey, I really, I, I really understand where you're coming from. You know, I, I really, I really actually do. And here is, you know, but I think that that is definitely beneficial because I mean, that's always, there's always that problem. There's always the problem that there's a disconnect between the label. There's a disconnect between the label and the band or the label and the manager, because it feels like they just don't get it. Sure, But they're sitting at home, doing nothing, sitting in front of their computer, looking at porn. While we're out here busting our asses, you know. I've been on that side of it, where it's like, what are they doing? What do they do? They don't do anything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, then. But that is the the theory that you have in your head as as a as a as a band member. You you think. You have all the answers. You think nobody else is doing anything for you. And when things are good, you don't question things. But when as soon as things start to maybe take a little turn for not being so successful, you immediately are like, who fucked up? Who did something wrong? Instead of it being just like, dude, maybe we're just not as popular as we used to be. Right? <laughs> maybe that it's, – maybe it's nobody's fault. Maybe just people just don't like us. Maybe there's not as many people that like us. Maybe people grew up and they stopped listening to our band. Right. You know? You don't. You don't think about that. You think that if they just spent a hundred dollars more here, or if our manager would have just emailed this manager, and we could have gotten on this tour, but they were all too busy. You know, and I've seen. I've been in that standpoint when we've had four managers over a ten-year career. I mean, you know, that's kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody from big-time managers to smaller managers, and I don't know. You know, you you your approach in the band is very one-sided just like it is from a label standpoint where you're like these guys don't want to do this drive or you're you know if you're a booking agent that's never toured like you guys complain about a 12-hour drive it's like dude you know are you (laughs) fucking serious have you ever driven like you just you booked a show in pittsburgh and then the next show is in providence like oh you fucking idiot right you're like "That's that's not an easy drive no, and it sucks. It's not easy. It's a pain in the ass. There's traffic everywhere. It's a long drive. You know, what are you doing? You know why did you do that? And the booking agents, like these guys, you know, they just they're ungrateful. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that the business side people, they don't understand how something like that can suck. And band people don't understand that it's not necessarily all about what your manager is doing for you. Sometimes it's just about people not liking the band or not being into the band or not liking the new music. And you can spend millions of dollars and try to ram it down people's throats, but that doesn't, that's not going to do, it's not going to mean anything. It doesn't sell more records and it doesn't get more people to like you.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I think you hit on something interesting there where it's like you, you have to approach it from the context where you literally do have to put yourself in other people, other people's shoes. And it's obviously much easier to put those shoes on when you've been there or when you yeah. at least you've at least experienced it on some even if it's on a smaller level where it's like you know you were in a band for 2 weeks and you did a road trip to you know Vegas or whatever like you got to have those little experiences in order to kind of extrapolate and understand what the other person's going through
1: yeah i mean exactly and i think that that i, I feel good cuz you know when i talk to other people you know other you know people i work with on the business side yeah, I think I can explain to them, you know, do they have a question about something or, you know, how should we approach this? I think I can approach, I think I can bring things to a band in a way that's more constructive than, sure. than, than a way that, you know, you would, if you'd never been in a band or if you'd never been on tour, you know, you wouldn't know how a band wants to hear things pitched to them. You know, the same idea that a band might be against pitched in the right way, changes everything totally totally. changes a lot of stuff so
0: yeah so it's all about the presentation
1: (laughs) yeah you know and i think that's one half the battle is when you're talking to a group of five dudes who you know are all have their own opinion you really need to address it in a way that is constructive and, and lays out the pros and cons really addressing the pros and the cons not just shaded to what you're trying to sell them you know
0: right definitely and sort of to uh to wrap things up you um you know you've always been especially just from like the press perspective, where it's just like, oh, everything Buddy says is very controversial, and he's really sharing his opinion I mean obviously I'm citing you know when you guys were on warp tour what was it like two thousand nine where obviously You know, broken side was out there, and you know, you were saying those things from stage, and people were like, "Holy shit, I can't believe he's expressing his opinion like this." Yeah. Um, You know, like looking back on that, um, obviously you don't regret it in many of the ways because obviously that was just you sharing, you know, your opinion. Um, You know, how how do you feel that that? uh, Do people treat you differently because of that? Like that they don't? uh, Whether it's like from a band perspective, where it's just like, oh well. We maybe should, you know, stay off uh, Buddy's radar because he may make fun of us or whatever. Um, or if people from like the business side of things, where it's just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't share this with Buddy because he's uh, not saying that you're loudmouthed, but you are opinionated towards it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's people in the music industry that don't like me. You know, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that definitely affects maybe some of the. Things, but you know, then again, I, don't, I just don't give a shit. Like, I don't give a fuck. And, 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 any, and anything that I'm involved in right now, my job is not to make friends. My job is to either do what's best for Census Sale and put on good shows and, and you know, do what we want to do, or it's to work for my boss to get my job done or to work for the bands that I represent. You know, it's not to go out and make friends with people. And I don't know, I've always just approached. Unfortunately, I just approach music in that way. And some people find that off-putting, which is totally understandable. I totally understand it. But, you know, I just never appreciated bands that came into this world and didn't appreciate the respect factor of where it came from and what it means to, you know... Carry some semblance of what punk is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be not giving a shit in in a constructive manner, and in a way that promotes some sort of positivity. And you know what I found with those bands that bummed me out? It was just it just it felt like so hollow, and that there was nothing there. And it wasn't like they were like Jeffree Star. Like I never said anything about Jeffree Star because you know what? He's pretty punk. Like, yeah. He is out there to piss people the fuck off and be different. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, I don't, I don't agree with it because you know it, it can be a little bit over the top to the point. But you know what? I never said anything bad about him. Like, I really picked the people that I had a problem with specifically. It wasn't like I hate all these people and hate these new bands. <laughs> yeah, like, this I, is
0: not, this is not arbitrary.
1: No, no, it's just like these bands, like a band, like. You know, attack, attack. I was just like, you know, it's not about the music. It's not that I hate their music. It's that I hate what they're selling. It's just, there's nothing. Like, you know, I would get up there on stage every day when I was younger and 19, you know, and stupid and still making a lot of stupid decisions. But my point, and I would say, is like, this is about community. This is about people coming out and being together and existing away from the mainstream and existing to... You know, learn something about each other, and there was a positive message underneath a lot of the negativity that maybe I put out in other aspects. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just felt that there was no message, or there was no flag. It just felt hollow, and that's what I didn't like about that. Those couple years of music, which I think it's gone now. I think, I mean, there are. It's still a little bit around, but there was just this explosion of pop music in this music scene. And it, I didn't, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, I, you know, you might not, like Senses Fail, but you can at least see where they came from. You know, you see some stupid kid, you know, like if you're no effects, you see some dumb kid running around with blue hair and tattoos. You're like, all right, well, he might be an asshole, but, you know. Yeah. I, I think he kind of gets it. Sure, you know? sure. <clears throat> like, I think he kind of gets it. Like, his music sucks, and it's not punk, and it's not what I attribute punk to, but, you know, fuck it. You know, I, you know, he at least gets some of it. Yeah, there's some,
0: there's some context for where it comes from.
1: You know, but when like you know you had a band like the main, which there's nothing wrong with the main. I just don't understand. You know when you when you put a band, I feel like the Warp Tour puts different styles of bands together. And when you mix them together, I think there are some, you know, some bands should be like, hey, we don't want to be associated with this. Sure. And it's nothing, it's nothing bad, it's nothing wrong. It's just that like, hey, That over there is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. I don't know. And people, people found that offensive because you know what? People don't do it because everybody's trying to make it. Everybody's trying to make it big. Mm. Everybody's trying to make everybody, everybody's trying to suck each other off to try to get to the top of whatever it is. And, you know, unfortunately we're at a point where I don't, we don't care anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. And, And even dude, we were hated so much by all of our peers. Like, all those you know most of the bands that we came up with really fucking disliked us <laughs> and 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 the main point was because we just didn't give a shit, we just didn't give a shit and and that and that was a lot of what the problem was is that we came up really quick, we were asshole kids we didn't know how to act, we thought we were punk like we th- we for some reason we thought we were like punk you were, we,
0: like, you were like the casualties
1: we thought we were throwing you know, we were throwing. TVs out, windows oh, and doing, got it. Sure. doing fucking acid and doing mushrooms <laughs> and just drinking to no extent, no, you know, and just doing living the life that you thought you were supposed to live. And we thought we were punk. And, and you know, to the outside world, it was really like these kids are what the fuck is wrong with like, they play like this emo music. Why are they acting like they're fucking, you know. I don't know, gangrene or something. Sure, sure. <clears throat> and I think that that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. You know, it did. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because we weren't respectful mm-hmm. of, 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 of that. We came in with our own attitude. But we've always had that. <clears throat> and it's always, it's either, it manifests itself in different ways. You know, when we were young, we got pissed off because we didn't have any respect for anyone. And we were just out there being punk assholes. And then when we got older, you know, I just started speaking my mind about what I felt about other bands and that bummed people out too, you know. But I'm in a position where I'm even smarter than I was a couple years ago where I I don't think I necessarily get on stage and beat on those bands because because I would rather just talk about what Census Fail is about and not worry about what other people.
0: Yeah. yeah, you don't. You, I mean, the saying that you know, any press, <clears> is, any <throat> press is good press. Obviously, it's you're like, hey, if it's something I'm not into and I don't understand on any level, why, why am I going to
1: bring attention to it? Exactly, you know, and that that, that just comes with age. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, just comes with. It's like there's, I think there's two bands on Warped Tour, like Blood on the Dance Floor and, you know, fuck. It, 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 <laughs> filthy, filth, I don't know, filthy pie, I don't know what they're called.
0: <laughs> sure, whatever.
1: <laughs> you know, and, like, a couple of years ago, I would have made a point, like, I'm going to call these bands out, but you know what? Like, that means they're going to come and talk to me, and they're going to want to, like, be like, dude, you know, why do you hate our band? And it's just like, who cares? Let them do what they're going to do. And, and the other thing, too, you know, a couple of years ago, it was a lot more rampant. It was like they, you were being surrounded by, like, all of it, like it was all like in your face, like pop bands and these bands playing this electro music, and it just felt like where are now? You have Man Overboard and Title Fight and Balance Composure and Koji and all this shit that's awesome, you know, to kind of balance out some of the shit that you you don't feel is authentic. Mm-hmm. But back then it was like yo, know, all the bands that we were friends with pretty much broke up or aren't on this tour. Sure. And we're surrounded by a bunch of stuff. That's like we're on an island. It was like me and Anthony from Bayside, and we just walk around like I feel like we're on an island. <laughs> you sure? you know, it's yeah. like two guys that we're not we're not punk to be with the older guys, but we're definitely not what this new shit is. You know, what, where are we? What, you're you're are we?
0: like in, you're like in this this uh, transitional purgatory.
1: <laughs> yeah, like dude, dude from Escape the Fates wearing a cape before he gets on stage. It's like. It was like me. It was like it was weird because it was like me, Anthony, and Dallas Green, and yeah. we were just like, "What are we? What is this? Like, where do we come from?" Like, sure. And I mean, it was an awkward. It was an awkward stage, and that's why I spoke up about it because it was just like, you know, where did all the good young bands go? Yeah. Why? Why when we look around at the the, the op the bands that we have? Okay, here are the bands you can take on tour. Why do all of them feel like they didn't come from the place we came from? Sure.
0: Or like, yeah, come come from the place where you. I, I think I I think ultimately the most important thing to remember, and I think exactly what you're saying is like it, it context. Like, bands need to have some sort of context when they are, you know, sort of raising themselves, so to speak. I mean, because yeah, when you are young, you have no fucking clue what you're doing, and you're you know you're going to do like what you did, where you said you know you were absolutely crazy, um, and you're very opinionated about certain things. But then, as you grow, you need to have that context for why it is you're doing what you're doing. You can't just start a band just to be like, "I want to play in a band." I, I like, but there's nothing else. Like that's the only thing you can hang your hat on. And it's like the, those are the bands that you said, you know, come up and you know, two years later they're gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then, then that's my big point. It's like. Yeah, no, but like I feel like if there's a the music right now for this music scene. It's not as big as it was a couple of years ago, but I think there's a lot of good bands in it, and it's cool. It's fun to be a part of it, and I'm glad to be associated with some of these younger bands. And you know, it feels like I. It feels like the band weathered a storm of really a really shitty time in, you know, independent music when you have a lot of the indie labels that you. Associate with in this world, putting out absolute garbage because they they know it 's going to sell, you know which is what they have to do, but still, like the fact that some of that shit was even popular <laughs> and, and but this, that it was popular within this music scene, like right you know, you know what i mean that 's what was weird, yeah, you're like
0: this was. you're like I, I get why it 's popular, but why is it here
1: next to me yeah, I mean I then that was my biggest thing, that was my biggest thing' it's like. What do we, we? How did that get here? How did that get here? Like I, I thought I was supposed to be the odd band out on the Warp Tour. Not, no, I thought I thought Census Fail would be like, whoa, what is Census Fail doing playing with Pennywise? And you know, not, no, not now. Census Fail playing with Bad Religion makes more sense than Three Hundred Three. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh no, that's a very good point. Totally.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like it's just you know it's just you know it was just that's what it was it was that mix it was that mix of 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 people who but that's why Warped Tour is successful because they do that and you know I don't know
0: yeah they, they they know what they're doing they obviously need to do it from a business standpoint and you know it totally it totally makes sense
1: yeah but you know I've learned my lesson and grown up and obviously you know it's not it's not something I would probably do now, you know, but you know i and it, but then the other thing is two people ask me questions like I got hit on for making fun of all time low, but I really didn't say anything bad about them. I really said I specifically think they made a terrible decision with their music. I think they should have gone and stayed independent and stayed in 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 this pop punk world instead of trying to be a disney band and i think it's going to ruin their career and they're going to turn around and they're going to realize their fans got older and didn't follow them because they didn't stick to their music and they tried to take the disney route and it didn't work and they're going to turn around and be regretful that you know they made that decision sure and that's all i said and but people you're just not allowed to say things like that, I guess. I don't,
0: right? Uh, yeah. No. You, you, why are you expressing your opinion, buddy? That's a terrible idea.
1: You know, and I think that, that I think that you know, I'll probably hang out with the band on Warp Tour, and I'm sure it'll come up, and, and and they will probably go, you know what? You you were right. You were right. Writing a record with with 15 different writers, uh, really led us to make music that we didn't like, and actually people didn't like either because it it wasn't cohesive. Sure. You know, so I, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not, I'm literally, I was asked a question like, you know, what do you think of All Time Loan? And I think, I I feel like they were an example of a band that I thought was really good and really had something going. And unfortunately made decisions that of course, they're still way bigger than Senses Fail and they're still going to be popular. But, you know, when you chase the whatever, the, you know, the gold, golden horse, whatever you want to call it, like right you the risks are higher, you know, and and you can fall much further than if you play it safe and the reward. The rewards are higher and the risk is higher. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Bands make it count over and over and over and over and over and over again. Sure. they're, They're gonna make it they're not making it right now cuz none of the majors want to sign any of these bands but there'll be another time where majors come back to the scene and go well, I want to sign some of these bands it's going to be the same thing you know do we take the opportunity do we take the risk or do we not you know and that's that's just sort of that's all I was commenting on like it wasn't anything ever negative about the band it was just that you know
0: yeah that's your that was your reaction at the time
1: yeah exactly
0: Well, buddy, this has been absolutely spectacular, and I appreciate you uh, wanting to hang out and bullshit about uh, all this stuff that we care about so much. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. thanks for having me.